Hola. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm great. How are you? I am not going to be honest because it'll take too long. <laughs> okay. We'll be... <laughs> Um, okay, well, uh, I'll just say I started out the day with a lot of energy and now I have almost no energy. Well, I mean, that's understandable. It is, it is a little late. It is. But when you have small children and you want a quiet house, it's kind of the only option. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry. I made you wait so long. Uh, It's all good. No, I, I made you wait technically. It's true. Yeah. I mean, we're all waiting. Yeah. So anyways, I'm Jeremy Renta. <laughs> I'm Amy Solara, mother of two very cute boys who are being fully affected by the full moon that we are currently under. It's a good time to be alive. It has, but they were literally bouncing off each other in the walls before I got them well, in your pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> it's also a BJJ house. You guys have a lot of stuff. There's a lot of energy going there on. There is, and, and they're very good at doing a lot of things that you're not supposed to learn until, you know, your third week in jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> Which you're an actual adult. Yeah. So it's, it was entertaining, and we had a good day. I'm just I'm noticing, like, if they're asleep, all I want to do is go to sleep. But at the same time, the other half of me is like, oh, now I can do these 10,000 things that I have on my list. Of- Now's the only time to get yeah. things done. And So what are we talking about this week? We are talking about Sanskrit because it's mantras and magic. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I think you should actually take the lead on this one. Mostly because you were the one who sent me all the documents, which is very <laughs> uh, strong reversal of roles. <laughs> it really was. I felt so proud of myself when I started putting it together. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is intimidating. Is this what it feels like to be my friend? <laughs> exactly. So we are, uh, we are currently, um, I'm currently putting together a, a work uh, sheet and a workshop for uh, understanding the basics of the actual alphabet. Right now, what we're going to start on today, though, is just seed sounds for the main seven chakras. Well, so say what super seed sounds easy. are. <laughs> oh, well, the seed sounds. Um, the seed sounds are the energetic of, uh, of whichever chakra we're discussing. And so the way that the seeds work... Um, each of the chakras, the seven that we have inside of our body, actually six of them have a, a sound resonance to them. Uh, frequency that kind of goes along with uh, the energy of what the chakra is. So the first six, because they are grounded in a physical space inside of our body, they actually have vibrations that coincide with each chakra. So we start at the root. The root chakra is uh, related to the earth element. It is uh, thought to be, it's, it, if we think about it like a color spectrum, you think about it like a, uh, a rainbow, it's red. It's the deepest. It's the darkest. When it comes to visual scale, uh, one of the first inside of the prism. So the seed song for the earth chakra is LAM. LAM. L-A. LAM. Um, 
Yeah, it's really interesting. It's I, I try not to get ahead of myself, <laughs> but I get so excited talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and this chakra in Sanskrit yes. is Mulathara. Mulathara. In that, Mr. Learner of Sanskrit, is there any connection between the name of the chakra and the seed sound that kind of activates it? Well, that is a really good question. Um, I need to have my definitions in front of me to actually tell you what it is that Muladhara means. And I think you probably actually already know. Yogi. <laughs> to me, it just literally means the root. But um, we could look it up and put it in show we notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there will be a link in yeah. the bio. So the um, the reason I'm asking is because uh, lum is the sound, the seed sound, and mulathada yep. has la in it. And then the next one for the sacral chakra, sorry if you hear dog tags in the background, shaking, um, <laughs> svadhisthana, sva, va is like the base of vam, which is the next seed sound. Indeed. And then manipura has ra, which is ram. So, like, I, I just was curious if you had ever encountered that in any of your studies. Well, see, what what we're kind of getting into now is uh, the <laughs> some things that I kind of discovered this week that I was super stoked about. This Perfect. is one of the reasons I wanted to do. So, if you look at Svadastana, mm-hmm. right, that is our that is our sacral chakra. The sacral chakra's connection. The sacral chakra is. Um, it's the water element, it's boundaries. Again, if we start to kind of do the crossover with, uh, with, uh, natural magic, you have the, the four natural elements, earth, air, fire, water. So inside of Swadhisthana, we have, uh, mom, yam, ram, lam, bam, and baham. Now I don't expect anybody to remember that, (laughs) but the, the four that really make, um, kind of an impact on me for this uh, when it comes to the alphabet, is mom, yam, ram, and lam. Hmm. So yam, which is one of the one of the chakra um, seed sounds. Le- yes, which is one of uh, yes, exactly one of the petals in Svadhisthana. Yam is the seed sound also to mm-hmm. heart. Right, ram is the seed sound for solar mm-hmm. plexus. Lam is the seed sound for the root chakra. So inside of the connection chakra, inside of our bodies, we have petals on the lotus that actually already connect to the seed sounds of the chakras that coincide. Oh, they're like right? just above and just below. Exactly. So root, sacral, solar plexus, and heart are all connected from the connection chakra. Mm. I know it's getting a little, uh, it's getting a little detailed. <laughs> but it's, I really wanted—I really wanted to start out super basic tonight. <laughs> Instead of getting you into this, like this couldn't have started out super basic with the the text you sent me. I was like reading it to be able to have a conversation with you, and I was like, Meh. <laughs> this I is know. something to take days on. But what's great is it, when you do put together that worksheet, then I can add it to the notes on this episode. And so then people can have access to it. Um, yeah. 
I didn't necessarily think we were going to go diving directly into this, but like I said, this has been kind of, it's been kind of on my mind. It's interesting the way that this stuff kind of comes to you too. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause each week, like last week we talked about, planets. Um, we talked about planets and that came up for both of us really mm-hmm. uh, the week beforehand. We're still in Mercury retrograde. That was kind of a, uh, something that was very present for us. And those mantras were just repeating in my head kind of unintentionally, yeah. you know, they were just kind of there. So for this week, I think part of it is uh, where we are in the moon cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, we've got, there's a whole lot of releasing and a whole lot of opening up that's happening right now. And uh, it was like, get back to basics, kiddo, <laughs> you know, just kind of drop down and, and look at where it is that you're coming from. Um, part of the, part of the fun part for this uh, for me as well is the fact that, you know, your magical practice is anything that you make mm-hmm. it, right? Like we were talking last week about kind of getting into the, the creative aspect um, and doing whatever it is. Like I have a, I have a ceremony now that I do with orange peels <laughs> or with grapefruit that is like you squeeze the, the peel mm-hmm. and then you can light what comes out of the peel on fire, right? Because it's, it's an oil, it's a citric, citric oil. So being able to kind of develop your own practices is one of the fun things about I'm sorry. All well. I could picture was the moment in Wanderlust when the kooky woman from the intentional community hands um, <laughs> <laughs> the sticks with the orange peels on them. And he, she does it yeah. really ceremonially. And he's like, oh, thank you. What is this? And she's like, some orange peels that glued to a stick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little did we know. That's all it is. And Jennifer Aniston's looking at her like, uh. <laughs> so, yeah, the, what's really awesome about that is also you start to find out what it is that you're doing in your own ceremony that mm-hmm. works. So um, one of the big energy, uh, one of the big energy pulls for me when I'm in session is using VOM. Mm. Uh, it's connecting to yourself. It's connecting to, uh, for me, it's connecting to my client. It's not, that's not something I read in a book. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that the sacral chakra is, is the connection chakra. It's the water chakra. Again, it has to do with uh, boundaries and uh, how we interact with the, uh, the elements inside of our world right. that are outside of us, right? So how, what our relationships are with people, with, uh, with foods, with alcohol. Um, our root chakra is really our basis for what we do in our life. Our root chakra is old school uh, family uh, teachings, sometimes family trauma. Is this um, what you're encountering when you're healing people? Because I, I feel like I would beg to differ on what it actually is. Oh, really? I feel like the root chakra is is beyond that. It's um, the survival instinct of the human body itself. Uh, with- yes, I think, but I think comes from a lot of the stuff that we have. Because I feel like family doesn't room. come in until the connection point of water. <clears throat> if that makes the sense. actual connection aspect. Yes. Where it's like root chakra is your, um, your breath, your uh, literal safety and security. So being able to feel warm and sheltered and uh, fed and, Taken yeah, care and of. have your, your literal needs of air water, fire, and earth met, which is breathing, drinking water, eating food, and being able to sleep. Um, and I think that's, that's all built by your birth family, essentially, um, where you're, as you incarnate, 
that root chakra is developing, right? Your, your soul doesn't come into your little tiny fetus body until you're about to exit the womb majority of the time. <laughs> There's some cultures that argue that the, the soul is sitting within the body as early as the first kick that the the mother feels but there's other cultures yeah. where it's um it takes 40 days first and there's other cultures where it takes four months so it just depends um in my experience as a mother i feel like the soul of the baby hovers around the mother and comes in and out they're like testing out humanity and then they kind of start to sit within the mother a little bit well you've had this from personal yeah experience. but I've, I've seen other women too who are like very detached from their pregnancies. And I feel like the soul of the baby is not abiding within their body. It's hovering up where their soul is. If that makes sense. Um, I could see that. And I feel like it's not until the root chakra is a little more firmly established that the soul is able to inhabit the new human suit. (laughs) Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. All of that stuff comes in with the safety and security of being able to have somebody else feed you someone that's going to hug you and love you. Somebody who's helping you to breath. Like it's a holistic system. 100%. But I feel like the actual, um, the actual connecting cords, like if we were, if we were talking about like cord cutting or like where the energetics, of those um, things lie. I think when we talk about relationships to people and things, we're looking at the relationship chakra. That's what I was yeah. That's my second. That's my second. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's completely reset because we got, we started off with a complete tangent. We did. So great. The, the root chakra. Root chakra is earth. Root chakra, earth, earth element. Yeah. Root. It is, uh, it is the, energetically again the way that we're talking about this i'm not an expert when it comes to mantra science it is something that i'm very passionate about and i'm continually growing and learning from again this is our experience with how we've uh, kind of learned and and as a um, caveat to that you cannot be an expert on mantra science unless you've incarnated like what a hundred thousand times yeah i mean you, you could probably read a book or, or study something with somebody i'd imagine but, but i feel uh, like yeah. i mean even even in the stories of the vedas themselves are like and this sage lived a thousand lifetimes before he learned like the true meaning of the bhagavad-gita you're like oh great mm-hmm. so we're just reading it for the first time as far as we can remember and <laughs> um, this other guy incarnated three times remembering all his past lifetimes and shiva was like you still don't get it so you are an expert in this lifetime as far as the majority of people listening to this are concerned. The experience that I've had, I've spent some time with it. I'll say that. And I would say this is like when I've talked before on other podcasts or in other like um, written ways that I was called to the word witch because it re- it felt like I was remembering something. It was awakening something that was already dormant. And it was like in me. Um, and I feel like when you heard Sanskrit, it was just like, oh, you're remembering it because it comes to you so naturally. And you're able to look yeah. at all of these letters and all of these seed sounds and all of these chakras. And it feels familiar to you, which is a huge indicator that you did do this in past lives. And therefore, you are on this path of moving out of the cycles of samsara right you're moving out of the karmic uh, incarnation into a space of transcendence because you're starting to activate them um in this lifetime by sharing them with other people 
now we're getting into semantics. I don't necessarily know if it's me moving out of it. Again, like we wouldn't have incarnated on this planet in the first place if we were just attempting to be one with God, right? right. The whole idea of of like getting back into the, the consciousness flow, that is from the standpoint that you've learned everything that you've needed to learn or the way that it's looked at, at least when some fundamentalist uh, views, it's like, if the whole goal is to get back to God, then it's like, what the hell are we doing here in the first because place? Because we had lessons to learn. And, Exactly. So like, then that's the whole clearing of karma. Thing. Yeah. I but feel like we've I got necessarily... two to 20 lifetimes. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think this is, you know, this is a completely different topic, but it's like the difference in the style of, you know, it's, it's like picking a restaurant. When you start to look at these philosophies, mm-hmm. I don't like the term religion. I like the term philosophy because it literally is, you know, it, there's so many different branches of Buddhism. Mm-hmm. If you say you're a Buddhist, well, are you a Zen Buddhist? Are you a Tibetan Buddhist? You know, like, Tibetan Buddhist? Yeah, exactly. Like, what are you devoting so much time to that you're wanting to do? Because if you're studying Zen Buddhism, it seems like you're wanting to be, you know, complete dichotomy of black and white. You want to be right in the middle. You're trying to find that absolute balance of feeling nothing, which to me does not sound good. <laughs> I don't want to spend any number of lifetimes working on that. I don't want to work towards that goal. <laughs> be careful um, what you say, because that yeah, might be the next right? one. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea of coming back and, you know, learning how it is that we we're able to connect with our bodies completely and totally. Cause that's, you know, that sounds like it's, it's pretty grand aspirations to be able to do any of the things that are in the yoga sutras to be able to float or levitate. But if you're saying, you know what, I'm going to devote, you know, a hundred of my lifetimes to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. If, if time is infinite and we're not really bound by anything, it literally is a class every time we come right. back. So these could also be, you know, different, um, these different philosophies could be different, uh, bookmarks in our web browser. It's like, I've spent some time going down this rabbit hole and this is something that I've found that's incredibly useful, which is where, again, the crossover comes back from Sanskrit to like Hebrew, like any of these energetic languages, Mm -hmm. they are just a different roadmap, Right. right? Like somebody else found the roadmap. It's just like with different psychedelic States, somebody else is trying to like, is like, is trying to, um, write down, what the experience was that they had. That's again, another one of the reasons why ceremonial magic is so interesting to me because someone repeated these things over and over again mm-hmm. to see what the outcome was. <laughs> so again, this is going lightly- to sound, it's only like only capable of being said in this context. I was talking to Thoth the other day and, um, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, these are all just systems. Everything is just a system. Um, it's just a system of learning, a system of growing, a system of going towards the same goal. And right. I was like, well, am I working in this? And I like named a lineage. And he was like, that is a good system. That is not your system. And he just kept saying like very clearly <laughs> that that's also a system. It's one that you've done before. You don't need to do that this lifetime. That's not the system you're going to work down. And it was just like he was being so clear and so direct of like that also works. That also works. That's also like, it's a path. It's not great, but it's there. <laughs> like, it was just such a clear acknowledgement that you could listen to us talk about the chakras all day. And if it doesn't feel like it resonates with you, then don't do it. Like go do something else. Go work with North Runes. Um, they're the same. <laughs> it's all the same. Or work on getting your Instagram account up. Whatever it is. Oh you my feel goodness. Like doing this I don't think that's a magical system, but it might be. It might be a manifesting. No, it's pretty one. magical. You're, you're, yeah, seriously, it is alchemy. You're turning little hearts into uh, 
I don't know, something. I have no idea. Cash. I'm not a high enough influencer at the moment. There we it go. Nice. Solid That's alchemy. <laughs> it's a magical so anyway. system. Okay, yeah. so earth chakra, speaking of money, <laughs> that is something that is rooted there. If people are having money issues, if people, because yes. that's, okay. It's foundation. Yeah, as a, a witch and a healer and a priestess and all of the titles that I've given myself or other people have given me, I am asked three things. One, what's my sole purpose? Two, how do I make more money doing it? And three, where's my partner that's going to walk beside me? <laughs> Right. <laughs> like the three epic questions. And I think that they're related to the first three chakras. The first one being, how am I going to make that money? The second one, where's my partner? And the third one, what's, what the fuck am I doing here? Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how would we know, like, if I'm just listening to you talk about this for the first time, what's a clue that I could use either my voice or these seed sounds um, to figure out which chakra I'm having the most issues with? Well, the first thing is, where do you feel it in your body? I mean, that is a a big part of being embodied is literally being in your body. Like uh, with massage therapy and a lot of the stuff that I do with my clients, it is, it is getting them back embodied. We start with that, with the breath, Mm -hmm. right? So we take big, deep, you take a big, deep breath in. Where do you feel like you're holding, you know, get into a comfortable position and then take a deep breath in. If it's uh, we're again, kind of, getting off topic here because we're going off of just root. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Do we want to list off the chakras first and then we can no, go No, just keep there? going where you're at. Okay, cool. Then I'm going to. This is what happens when we wait until 1030 that's to record. Um, so take a big deep breath in and you feel where it is that you feel like you're holding. You know, the energetic is starting somewhere off of your spine. So again, uh, basics of chakras the way that we understand them in uh, in medical context now, they are it's nerve ganglia. Not, you know, not it's medical, bundles energetic nerve, healing. Energetic, yes. Well, it's nerve ganglia along our spine. It's where we have large bursts of energy, mm-hmm. right? So one of them is down uh, like right at the perineum, like right at the pelvic floor. One is really close to it. That's the this uh, um, the sacral chakra is right next to it. Those are super super connected. Again, it's about finding stability. And mm-hmm. the water element is, uh, it's fluid, right? Like that's the whole idea about having a water element. It can be ice, it can be steam, it can be uh, liquid. Mm-hmm. So it's right next to things being grounded. Um, and it, it transitions. That's how we make connections to things that are in a higher sense and pull them down and make them into what we are as how, or how it is that we're growing. Right. right? So it's, it's, we're pulling things down into making it into money, into our routines, it's like any the of those water types trickling of... into the soil. Exactly. Yeah. So it's filling the spaces, but it's still its own separate thing. We, you're not, you're not your routine, right. right? But your routine helps you to create who you are. Next one up is our solar plexus chakra. Um, that's our willpower. That's our drive. That's our fire. Manpura. So, Yes. So if you feel pain in your gut, a lot of the times you're probably not following your intuition. You're not following your, your will. Um, you, you may have, you know, this is one of the big problems with our, um, our standard American diet, which I think a lot of people have gotten more conscious of is that is where our second brain is like our actual, our main brain when it comes to how do I survive on this planet? Again, the first three chakras are connected to, um, 
survival instincts, making sure that you're grounded, very present chakras, you know, be having a connection with uh, your environment or the people around you, um, whether or not you have to run away from a tiger that's trying to eat you, you know, <laughs> yeah. like it's or kill the deer. These, are the, in front of these you. are the bitchy chakras that make you get out of bed in the yeah. morning. You know, those are the ones that you kind of have to make sure that you're going to have sex, make sure that you're procreating, make sure that you've got something to eat. So you're, if you're feeling something in your gut, maybe you're not following your instincts. Maybe you're not following your intuition. Um, you might just be completely numbed out. I was like, going to ask that right now. Like, what if, what if yeah. you have a client who comes up to you and you're like, okay, take a deep breath and tell me where you're holding. And they're like, I can't tell. If they can't even feel mm-hmm. it. The first thing that we do is just start off by getting them in their body by breathing okay. literally, because you're going to, they'll start to notice spots that are, um, that are problematic or places where they maybe haven't felt like I've recently had a client on, on the table where I was just doing minor um, breath work into her gut. And she was like actively agitated. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I, she obviously hasn't taken large belly breaths to actually to, to get, it's not just about you think about it, like getting the air there. It's you are moving your gut, right. you know, you're moving muscles that are in your stomach and we don't do a whole lot of, we don't do a whole lot of, um, we don't put a whole lot of attention into that area. Like abdominal massage is becoming a lot more prominent nowadays, yeah. again, because you want to make sure that everything in that area is moving. That's how you get the energy. To I wonder if that's you know? why if so, not, many, so many actors and dancers are so in touch with their bodies um, and singers, sorry, singers, actors and dancers, because they do so much breath work. Um, right. And they're they're forced to focus on expanding their abdomen in order to project their voice, in order to sustain their breath, in order to maintain the movement they're doing because they they can't do what they're gonna do otherwise unless they're willing to take deep breaths. And they're also the people who well, analyze all, themselves the most. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Because they're like tapping into all the trauma that they've had forever and ever and using that to put on stage. That's what makes a good actor, right? When they bring when they bring it from experience and they're constantly processing. Mm -hmm. I I think it's I think you've you've hit it on the head with the fact that they're literally expanding their abdomen in ways that normal people don't because they're taking such huge deep breaths, especially singers. And when you see like a really powerful singer on stage. Um, who's conveying such depths of emotion from their their voice when everybody's like crying and standing up and clapping it's because we feel them actually moving that energy right right exactly on a side note um just again this is like this is more advanced level stuff but like in the uh manipura chakra Mm -hmm. the petals of the lotus that are actually connected are you're more directed action. Mm. So you have um, your, your D's, you have your hard T's, you have your P's, like any of the plosive sounds. So when it comes to actual um, putting together mantra um, in the way that you're wanting to direct mm-hmm. it, like uh, the weapon mantras is the best way to kind of describe it. So things that you are sending out into the universe and it doesn't, weapon doesn't necessarily have to be something that you use to hurt someone else with. It's just like a projectile. So like pot, mm-hmm. right? In uh, or Omani Padme Hum, in um, in Sanskrit it is Pat P H A T. You aspirate the H, and that is uh, it's like a dagger. It's like a it's like a throwing dagger or an arrow, something that we're sending. Can out. you describe so aspiration? Because in- I know what it is, but for anybody listening, like right. so 
so aspiration again this we're we're going to get into how it is that you uh actually enunciate a lot of these letters and the reason why we kind of talked about this last week it's so important that you actually pronounce things correctly mm-hmm. because it is the intention of whatever the sound is is the uh, is what you're actually trying to accomplish so for aspiration it would be a <sighs> where the so abdomen for, literally punches in like it's like someone's yes, stalking you in the stomach fire right so you're sending out a sharp and then you also have like I said, the plosive sounds like mm-hmm. a P, so pa or pa. So any of these which are connected, and the petals of the lotuses that are connected to the Manipura chakra are all expressions out. So this is where we start to go from, uh, from internal to external, mm-hmm. right? We're moving all of the, we're starting to move the energy up and out. So with that, with the things that we are trying to direct, if you are trying to, uh, if you're trying to, you know, hit somebody with dynamic peace, which is one of the, <laughs> one of the coolest mantras. You know, if you're just like blasting somebody with like unlimited uh, positivity, then you're going to, you're using that as a direction out. So pay, pa, pot, any of those types of sounds mm-hmm. are going to be things that you're directing out. Uh, Wouldn't the K's, or would the K's be in this as well? Or do those come later? No, those, yeah, the K's actually are in the heart chakra. Really? So the interesting, the interesting thing about the Anahata chakra Cuz and guz, right? Mm-hmm. So these are more things that are working with. Okay. So, Gum. so Kali is, yes, yes, exactly. Kali is time, ka. Mm-hmm. So the, again, it's an external thing, but it's not something that we're actually directing, okay. right? We're not directing time. We are in, we're in inside the of the of flow of it. Um, gum, again, it's a feminine energy that we get from Ganesha, but it is still it's it's requesting something to you know move something else i'm so surprised that's not in the root chakra petals which one because ganesh is always associated with root chakra he is but his energetic i don't think is so once again this is like you start to get into the actual it's it's like the poetry and the science of what mantra is and what sanskrit is is so cool because you get to see where it is that this stuff originates from in our body and how it is that it's directed out through our mm. body. So yeah, it's really, really cool. Again, I don't want to get off on a tangent because this is, <laughs> this is stuff that is, <laughs> it takes more detail than us uh, kind of discussing on an hour. Well, we might podcast, be able to but... go deeper next week, but anyway, now we're at Anahata Chakra, which is great. Anahata Chakra. You know how I feel about that one. <laughs> but it's so funny. Cause there, I feel like, Almost every single person in the whole wide world has issues with this chakra, um, either being too open or too closed. Yeah. I mean, it's our, it's the crossover chakra, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's where we go from outside of what it is that we need and want to how are we uh, interacting with the society at large and how, what is our part in that? Like in the bigness of the universe. Right. So inside of the, uh, inside of the, the six pointed star, mm-hmm. like this is the crossover between you know, masculine and feminine mm-hmm. is right here in the middle. Um, how do we receive? Like, what are we holding on to when it comes to emotions? Like talking about uh, clients that have come in, you know, uh, one of the things that I always tell them, I'm like, you know, this is inside of our lungs at our heart. That is where we hold a lot of, a lot of pain, a lot of sadness. Like when you're a kid and you start to get the subs ups and you're on, yeah, <laughs> and you're trying to hold back the emotion instead of letting it out, letting it express. A lot of that stuff gets stuck in our body, so it can get held in the ribs. People who can't take a deep breath or who have bodily structure wise, you can look at them. It's almost like, um, uh, it's just 
constriction right at the rib cage. Mm-hmm. You know, you can take maybe a deep belly breath, but they're not completely in their heart. Right. right? Well, so, almost everyone has back problems. And I feel like it's true. <laughs> and, and that's another thing. It's like, where are you, where are you, where are you hurting? Yeah. You know, kind of where are you holding it? But um, for the heart chakra, one of the biggest and best things is just, again, deep breaths. Obviously that helps. The seed sound for the heart chakra is yum. yum. So looking for things in our lives that, that bring us joy. Yeah. Right. And it's the things that are yummy, things that make us happy, things that give us the squee feel. <laughs> but you not know? things that are self-medicating because that closes it exactly. up. Yeah. Yeah. Not something where we're taking it in. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not an ingestion. It's like a it's almost like a it's how love is like when you feel it bet- between you and someone else. It's not a this is mine and you're selfish. It's like a, a shared joy. Yeah. But- I think it's super important because a lot of people use the idea of I'm giving this to myself as a an excuse of now I'm going right. to finish this pint of ice cream while watching the 10th episode of this show on Netflix <laughs> um, <laughs> as opposed to saying I'm going to give myself a bite of this watch one show and then go and take care of like this thing or that thing or go to sleep because that's actual self-care right. um, <laughs> well and again the 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 thing is you know I remember hearing this when I was uh, doing my YTT. People have always said that the the second chakra and the fourth chakra are strongly connected. Mm-hmm. And again, coming back to the pedals of the Svadhisthana chakra, you have, you know, ya, ra, and la. Well, ya is yum. That's the root of yum. So ya or yam, Y-A-M. Mm-hmm. The M is literally just the, uh, the bindu, is the back end. So it's the manifestation. The it's m- like the binder. Exactly. You're, con- you're containing the mm-hmm. energy. So Svadhisthana is connected to the heart, which is one of the reasons why we get so confused when we're in relationship mm-hmm. and someone falls in love with someone else. And we're like, that is taking that good feeling that I have away. And that's ma- or it's making it hurt. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it, those two are connected. So when you have heartache, you feel it physically as well. Right. And it's because connection that you've made with the person or the thing or whatever it is, like when you have someone, you know, if a pet passes away or something like that you feel it physically. It is technically an emotional state that you're in. So just the crossover is so It's like the, when you get that dropping feeling in the pit of your stomach, when you hear that, like, yes. oh my God, they don't love me anymore. And like your heart right. breaks, but you feel it like, like there's a cannonball just like dropping down to the base of your gut. So mm-hmm. it, it's, I can. Or when you have butterflies yeah, in your stomach, you're you know, you excited think excited and anxious, like, you feel your heart opening. Right. Yeah. Right. Such beautiful metaphors for yeah. people to see the connection between those two. And, um, and I also feel like that brings us to voice because right. then you can look at the other connection on the other sides of both of those of Manipura, um, up to the throat chakra. Right. Well, uh, this is again, something else that I was thinking about today, the, um, the, um, Vishuddha chakra mm-hmm. in the petals for the Vishuddha chakra or the throat chakra are the vowels, right? Mm-hmm. So the vowels don't have anything that's substantive to them. It's, it is primordial sound, literally. It's, ah, it's like the only, the only, um, sounds that we make are, are the only um consonant sounds that actually are in the Vishuddha. uh Vishuddha 
those are the R's and the LR's. So you have ra and ra. So it's like it's an alightment. You kind of touch on the tongue, but it's not a rolling R. You know, it's not ram. You're not oh, holding it's the like R. A yes. It's the tap so, on the top of the mouth. Ra. So inside, inside of this, we also, since we don't have any substance, if you overlay the tree of life on top of the chakras, this is where the uh, lands on the tree of life or the void, mm-hmm. right? So we've got this gap where there's no real substance. We're coming out of the spirit, out of the spirit realm for the higher intelligences or anything that's from our, our uh, third eye up. And we're in that kind of void space where all potential is possible. Mm-hmm. So. Cause it's it. If we're going, we didn't say this um, and we should have earth is root chakra uh, water is sacral, fire right. is solar plexus, solar plexus, and air is heart. So now we're into ether, and that's why I think this so will open up. Yes. So now we are on, we're on the canvas. The, the fifth right? element. We're on the canvas. We're, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're we're on the canvas of where you get to make this art, whatever this language, this languagey art is that you're wanting to to bring into existence. Yeah, magic spell. So. And inside of that, you have to have, you know, you can't have sound uh, without having silence. So where you place the sounds from the chakras on the lower aspects, which is the manifestation realm, the root, sacral, solar plexus, and heart chakras, inside of that is how you start to kind of paint. You know, that's how you start to create words or create ideas in other people's minds. Saying any of these things that we're saying now, people are envisioning the stuff. So that's the same thing we talked about last week with a guitar brings the emphasis of a band mm-hmm. or whatever, like sounds of um, the opening to a tune that you may really right. like. So for throat chakra, um, the way that I have always felt working with people on table, throat chakra is usually in the shoulders. Mm-hmm. It is the top part of the lungs, people who can't take a deep breath in, people who um, people who maybe work at a job that is constrictive or have a partner who is overbearing who, um, you know, their opinions come in and a lot of that stuff goes in our shoulders. Mm-hmm. So in our shoulders, we hold our opinions and we hold the opinions of other people. Would you also say and... people who are like, um, not soft spoken, but others have difficulty hearing them no matter what volume they're speaking at. It can yeah. be. That's the, I, again, the, I think the, the throat shocker is where we hold our opinions and the opinions of other people. And if we let it out too much, you know, that can be problematic. Right. You have people that have really loose shoulders. Maybe their shoulders are always getting knocked out of socket. I think about, um, think about uh, Mel Gibson's character from Lethal Weapon. Riggs is always getting his shoulder knocked out of socket. He was very loud mouth, right. right? So all of that was way too loose. It's, you know, um, for people, again, who, uh, who are a little more soft-spoken, people who have really round shoulders that might be a little more mousy, that, that whole chakra is closed yeah. off. You know, you can tell if someone, like, if something, if something shocking happens, we cover our mouth, right? Um, people who may, uh, people who are usually really soft-spoken kind of keep their heads down and keep their palms in front of their mouth. Like, that's, that's one of the ideas when it comes to prayer is actually silencing yourself. Mm. You know, you're, you're closing back and holding off so that, your thoughts or your prayers can get up. And so that spirit can spirit has the say spirit has, uh, has their, their time to speak, which a lot of people, and that's a whole podcast that I want to do in and of itself with you on um, prayer, meditation and magic and how they're right. all useful and they're all different. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like one is talking to God and the other one's listening. And the yes. third is being God. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people would take offense at that, but I love it. So anyway, tangent next, next, next is related to that exact thing of the third eye, Anya chakra, the third eye chakra. So once, yeah. once we have worked our ways, lum, vum, rum, yum, hum, and you get to om, which is the only one that everybody oh, oh. knows. <laughs> yeah. So om, again, another one of the really cool things about the petals that are on the third eye chakra. Um, hum is one of the petals. Mm-hmm. Hum is the seed sound for the throat right. chakra. So we have connection from third eye down to throat because we have to formulate how it is that we're saying what we're saying. And visualize and it as we, have, we send it out. Yes, exactly. So this is where the idea of a universal mind comes in as well. It's like what we say, how we speak to God. There's a reason why we can talk to him or her or whoever it is that we're trying to, we're trying to converse with when we're in uh, meditation or prayer. Um, and this is our link. Right because we're able to connect our mouth to our mind and then our mind up and out. Because once we get past the third eye chakra and we get into the Sahasrara. God, I cannot say that one to save my life. Sahasrara. Sahasrara. Once we get into the crown chakra, sound is out, right? Because it's the thousand petal lotus. It is all sounds. It is all silence. Mm -hmm. And it's what we're putting out as intention, as feeling, as thought that you know goes up and and works its magic and when it comes to manifestation and evolving back down into creation right or into our and i think with these top two they're a really beautiful um metaphor for some of the alchemy that we do in a lot of magical practices where we're drawing the energy down and out because a lot of people think about drawing the earth energy up because as a culture we don't touch the earth very often, like the real earth. We walk on sidewalks. We don't walk on dirt. And um, so we're constantly trying to ground ourselves and we're constantly trying to pull the earth energy up because we miss it as a species. And we forget we also miss the star energy from above. And a lot of people easily escape up to the star energy because they're like, I'm done being human. (laughs) And like you said earlier, that's not the point. The point is to be human and to pull that star energy into the humanness to radiate it out and make the humanness even better. Um, And I think um, one time I heard someone say that you could also equate the, the seventh one, instead of having a seed sound, having a kind of like a, a sigh, like a, (laughs) like, Oh, like this really like beautiful, just release. Um, I think of it as tinnitus, <laughs> just like a high pitch. <laughs> <laughs> just like this chime that doesn't stop. No, but um, it was, it was such a beautiful, it was a meditation teacher who said it. And it was such a beautiful way of expressing it to me because I was like, well, if all of these other ones are seed sounds activating it, like, what do we get to when we're up there? And he's like, well, when you're up there, you're in bliss. And that's, there is no sound on earth that can describe the bliss that happens when you reach that state, when you get to Samadhi. And if you are consciously um, aware and using and engaging with your seventh chakra, it really is kind of like just this sigh of my soul is driving this. My soul is the one Mm -hmm. who's deciding what's going on right now. I can, I can let go finally. (laughs) 
and that's possible in this lifetime. I mean, we think about it like it's an end goal, like getting to the like it can what be like a daily goal three, at like three p.m. Yeah, like, I'm just gonna get, I'm gonna get a little bliss today. I'm gonna go in for you know 15 seconds and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I mean, getting to that point constantly, like that would be like having a never-ending orgasm, right? Like, you know, right. at a certain point, like I got other shit to do. There's too much. Yeah, and I think that's why, um, why we don't have more access to the chakras that go above that until we've done a lot of more a a lot of educational practices because they don't tell you about them until you are digging deeper into the vedas into Mm -hmm. the other texts the tantric texts um from not just hindu tantra but tibetan tantra and all of it egyptian tantra everything talks about the other chakras that are up there it's just most of us don't know how to access them because we wouldn't be able to live our life on the daily if we did it would just be too overwhelming well yeah i mean even when you read about it it's like any type of advanced esoteric ideas your, your brain just doesn't process it you're like i'm not there yet <laughs> I, it's like me looking at like advanced calculus <laughs> yeah. and i'm not good at math in the first place i'm like i that's, that's latin to, me, to be clear. oh my god there's an episode of magic school bus where ralphie's trying to learn math and he's like okay two pizza slices plus my shoelaces <laughs> It sounds like algebra <laughs> the way that he's phrasing it, but none of it is an actual number. <laughs> and I feel like that's what happens in magic when people first encounter the possibilities of where they can go with it. It's like, oh, holy crap, I'm very small. <laughs> and yeah. then the the act of doing the magic is realizing, oh, holy crap, I'm very big. Right. And once you can step into that, oh, then the good stuff happens. Yeah, that's where the magic is. <laughs> so if people um, want the full 108 chant, we so I should say we do this at every yoga retreat that Anton and I teach. Um, we or we try to at least do the the seed sounds of the chakras 108 times. And I think one time we did it with an ah for the seventh one just because people couldn't take the breath that required. And another time we just did the breath. Um, Do you remember when you were in Peru with us, which one we did? I don't. But I don't. um, It's it's literally the easiest Sanskrit chant you can ever do. And this is the way that um, I always tell people when we introduce it on our retreats how to remember. Lum is the lowest Vum is by the vagina. Rum is rubbing up, so it's going above. Mm-hmm. Yum is your heart, it feels good. Hum is your throat, it's where you hum. And om is the third eye, which is the symbol that everybody thinks about with yoga. So lum is low, vum, vag, rum, rubbing up. <laughs> Yum, the heart. Hum, the throat. Om, the third eye. And you can just say it over and over and over again and you'll start to literally run energy up the shashuna nadi which is the central channel of the spine so the if if the spine could be turned into just a visual of like energy it would look like a column of light that you're pushing light up and down and each chakra would look like um like when you see those giant clocks that have all the, the wheels with cogs in them and each wheel has its own rotation. So 
Lum, lowest, muladhara, root chakra, rotates clockwise inside of you, which means if you are looking in a mirror, it's going to the right like a clock, right? Yes. And then the next one up would go to the left. So solar, um, sacral, excuse me, sacral spadhisthana chakra rotates counterclockwise so that the little cogs of the wheels of the two chakras yeah they they go together they help each other turn and then so on and so forth so manipura the solar plexus would go to the right anahata the heart would go to the left vishuddha the throat would go to the right and anya the um third eye would go to the left and then the crown chakra goes to the right and it just the energy spirals up it like a little DNA helix because it goes up one way and then down the other side of the wheel, almost as if you're like threading a cord between each one and the cogs are helping it rise all the way up to the top, all the way around and then back down again. And eventually once they get spinning fast enough, once those wheels are turning fast enough, it looks like a solid column of light. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have a chakra meditation that I recorded a while back that I'm going to post on Patreon to go with this, as well as the 108 Lam Vam Ram Yam Ham Om Mam Vam. <laughs> I take a breath on it now because I I love that that space, that feeling of the bliss space. And I know you were like Zen Buddhism, blah. But to me, that's what it is. That's what they're going for. Is not about um, right. things that are black and white or or completely freeing their mind of all the thoughts. It's being able to move into a space that is so removed from attachment to outcomes and to how the world works and how it has been and how it will be, and just being in a total state of present awareness of literally everything and then that melds you back into the consciousness that is the all right the collective consciousness and then once you get to that space it's bliss because you realize everything is love aham prema prema. i am divine love Mm -hmm. that's a good mantra we can do on another day On another day, yes. We definitely. can do all the lovely ones, all the <clears throat> Lakshmi and Parvati and Shiva Shakti, and talk about which ones work for what things. Yeah, I mean, I will say too, uh, just as advice, if you are feeling like you're not grounded, if you feel like you have, <clears throat> you're kind of flighty in the mind, uh, you want to be able to kind of drop down, definitely use some root. Right. It's anything that's going to bring you down, bring you presence. Um, if you're wanting to connect with yourself, if you feel a little dissociated, if you feel like, um, you know, you're, you're not really sure what it is that you want in life, using VAM or just going is a good way to get back into your body. It's a slight gentle vibration. Um, Versus rum? It makes sure- Why wouldn't you use rum? Well, because rum is revving. That is, oh. it's less in your body and it's more like you're that. trying to get your, your business going, okay. you know? If you're getting ready to go, if you're going to go do some exercising, Honestly, when I've got people on the table and I want to start heating things up in their belly to kind of start getting them energy moving to other places, mm. rum is a great way because, again, you can say it at different speeds. Rum, but if you're rum, 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 yeah, it does rum, sound like rum, it's revving rum, up. Rum, rum, 
yeah, it has this vibe and your entire body will react to it. This is all, uh, sorry, like such a tangent, but um, it just popped in my head. If you're saying like the Hare Rama, Hare Rama, 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 Hare Hare, are you also activating your solar plexus then in that case? Rocking through your solar plexus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the cool thing, I mean, the, again, we're starting to get into more nuanced aspects of this, but Ra and Ma are the two energies that run up the left and right side of the body. So Rama is literally, you're just, you're balancing out the sides. Your Ra is up the right, I believe, and Ma is down the left. So the energetics themselves, if you're just doing Rama, 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 hey, Rama, getting that going helps you to kind of balance everything out. And the way that you'll feel is different than just doing rum, 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 because okay, that's feeling direct. Exactly. And it's directed in one yeah. specific way. Whereas ma is a little more, you know, bringing it back in. It's that sponda, the expansion and the contraction. So um, heartache stuff, you know, if you've, if you've dealt with some heartache, heartache, if you're, uh, if you're dealing with some sadness, Yum is a great one. And those are just big, deep breaths. Like if you're wanting to get some of that sadness out of your heart, uh, out of your lungs, out of your heart, just big, deep breath in. Yum. And if you really want to hold it out, just yum. It's kind of a slide in with the Y. And that's going to help you to feel a lot more, um, a lot more of a, a, a sense of self. Uh, a sense of peace I feel like mm-hmm. hum if you're working on a presentation if you've got uh, if you're doing a speech if again if you're a teacher anything that you use your your brain or your voice for yum is a great one to just get <clears throat> your throat going and of course ohm if you're looking for that bliss day yeah. um, so These are basic. These are awesome. And one of the cool things about this, too, is being able to do 108 of one of them and see where you feel it. Like focus on your root. Mm -hmm. Literally, you'll you know, if you're sitting there doing whatever pelvic floor squeezes that you're doing or if you're doing. uh, Yeah, exactly. Work your mulabunda. Like get into other parts of your body that you normally don't do like when you're sitting in the car driving we don't usually sit there and squeeze our butts you know or you know, any or of the Udi other stuff Banda, where you're you're lifting up like it's such a, a weird one for me you have to like sit with your hands on your knees in a cross-legged position and like draw your diaphragm inside your rib cage right but that would be a lock that would help you focus on yourself wouldn't it it definitely would yeah because you're working on your gut whereas jalandara bunda which is when you dip your chin um, this is something that my lovely doula, uh, for both of my births taught me. If you can do a Jalandhara Bunda lock, you're locking your energy at your throat chakra. And during birth, it's so important to, uh, essentially send the sound down is the way she said it, because so many women in, um, an act of fear and pain and fear of pain, um, arch and they send their chin up. And they open up the throat and they let all the sound go out the top and they push all of their energy out their face because they're avoiding what's going on down below. Um, And if you can actually do the opposite and lock your chin the other way and hum and go hmm and just literally focus all the energy going back down through the chakras. Well, you're on, right? You're you're 
bringing the energy back in. Yeah, and a lot of the sounds that come out are sounds like ma, like these big (laughs) sounds, and they're very um, like energetically soothing to the baby too to hear like these deep low notes because it gently rocks them because the baby's going through it too. And a lot of people don't even think about that, that they're getting squished and turned and all of it as it's happening. And if the, the more the mother can keep the sound in this beautiful lower register and send the literal vibration of her chakra energies down her body, as opposed to letting them just explode out the top, the, I think the more easeful the birth will be, but also the more sacred the birth will be because then the child's getting blessed with this sound as they're coming in. Yeah. And the mom's present. Right. Like that's a, a big part right. of it. Um, I know that we definitely delved in some, to some more advanced topics and I felt incredibly tangential. I know that we had talked since we first started recording these, that you're going to keep us on, hey, on we track. Hit all I, seven I apologize. We hit I apologize all for going, Hey, let's go down this trail. No. I didn't even bring a machete to clear it. I don't have a flashlight. No, this is, <laughs> this go. is good because as we do more mantras, I feel like, you know, I, we could jump in and be like, Oh, and they won't know that you're is important to say versus yashamehe or yajam or like whatever it is. You know, you have to say each syllable in a very intentional way because you're activating the petals of your lotuses. You're activating different parts of different chakras and you're also connecting different chakras together and you're shifting Mm -hmm. energy not only within your body but outside of your body at all of the places around your auric field where these seed sounds are also abiding in each of the kleshas which we can get to um so there's like layers and layers and layers of who you are as an eternal being and a lot of people only think of themselves as their human suits they don't think about the the amount of electromagnetic energy being sent out by their heart, the amount of electric energy being sent out by just like the heat of their actual body going a few feet, you know, the, the way that the mind is interacting and all of it, every chakra that's not mentioned that's between like, you know, the top of the head and the soles of the feet. There's so many other points where these literal magic sounds, these seed sounds in Sanskrit are triggering little points of light to, to energize themselves. And so if you say a mantra incorrectly, you might be, it's almost like um, playing the wrong note on a piano and you can be playing the song. And every time you get to that point, it's like, a <laughs> as opposed to like a really beautiful, <laughs> mm, like chord. And so I feel like your body would start to notice that something's off because you're activating something in an incorrect pattern because these Mm -hmm. patterns were developed as a system by people who spent thousands of years perfecting them. There's a reason that they do them the way they do. And it is possible to put your own grouping together. If you're very like um, ambitiously ready to tackle (laughs) Sanskrit as a language, it is possible, right. To like figure out your own mantra based on some of these seed sounds, but you would have to be very careful. Right. It's one of the things that I've been really interested in as of recently, like 
ever since I had my, my first ayahuasca session, uh, ceremony or sat in my first ayahuasca ceremony, I've seen Sanskrit. Like I'd seen it before I actually sat in ceremony, but this was like, it was very present. Yeah. There was a lot of it written and I didn't know what it said. So as I have continued my practice and that's been five years at this point, um, I literally start to see Sanskrit. Like you, uh, it, when you start to learn a new language, I've heard that you will, you'll start to dream in that language. Mm -hmm. You'll start to see it in, in, you know, you'll start to see it in a completely different way. And since Sanskrit is um, energetic, the same thing with, with Hebrew, um, it'll just kind of appear like in my mind's eye while I'm, while I'm asleep and I'm dreaming. Yeah. And it makes me wonder when it comes to the seers, uh, you know, these sages that actually were the seers of the mantras in the first place, the ones that wrote down a lot of these that um, became the poetry of the Bhagavad Gita or, you know, the Atharva Veda, any of the, any of the Vedas, um, these, I have to wonder how much of it is intention or um, how much of it is, uh, is just interpretation, like things that are just kind of coming in and then the, the literally the symbols are in front of the people that are writing them mm. how much of it is is there a science of like writing think, it down and seeing i think there really is. is i think i mean i think channeling began it but i feel like everything is so balanced like right. when you chant it there's a uh, a rhythm that naturally starts to come to you when you do it over and over and over again like if you do the long form of gayatri Right, you do the Gayatri mantra: Om Bu, Om Bhavaha, Om Swaha, Om Maha, Om Janaha, Om Tapaha, Om Satyam, Om Tatsavitur Varenyam, Bhargo Devasya Dimyahi, Tio Yonaha, Prachodayat. And it has this like rhythm that you, it it feels like a a little like train chugging along. <laughs> um, and if I chant that versus just like um, the short, yeah. Rhythm. Yeah. it's like so soft that way it feels mm -hmm. like i'm singing it versus like the long form the long form's like i am making magic <laughs> the other one's like <laughs> i'm making magic <laughs> and, um, it makes sense that in kirtan they don't do the long form it's too much for people it's too much energy you have to want to activate the light of Surya inside of yourself and like yeah. wake up your consciousness very, very clearly admitting that there's a lot that can go down because of that. Because once you start emitting that much light, it, it's only going to shine light in all of the dark places. And so you'll start to notice them more. Um, so, right. And well, that comes back into the whole idea of being pure. Right. Like we kind of discussed it last week of being, you know, being a saint or a sage because you, you know, you don't eat animal flesh. Animals will come up to you. You know, if you're a, if you're a proletarian or you're a vegan and, you know, animals are more. That. That. I think you were talking about that with someone else. I must have been because then. But I am the, the whole opposite. <laughs> I know you are carnivore. But I'm a predator. <laughs> okay. We are all predators. I don't know how many deer come up to you is what I'm saying. Like, I don't know how many birds land on your shoulders. I, maybe I don't want so, them. Maybe I want the giant snakes and tigers and panthers and eagles. You're with dragon energy. I hear you. I'm Kali Ma. <laughs> so depending on, being, depending on the way that you're purified, right. let's say that, is, is how the energy can actually move through you, which I think is also one of the reasons why a fast is a big part of spiritual practice. Like you don't have a lot of the stuff in your system so that 
you can be pure light. And again, that's grandiose. I also uh, think sometimes it gets really confused with spiritual bypassing with like just ignoring the fact that you're being human, trying to go back to the light. And it goes back to what you said before. Like if that's all you're trying to do, then why are you here? Right. Well, I mean, you can, I think we can survive pretty okay without food. A lot of the times when I've done uh, men's retreats, when I'm doing a lot of body work, I actually find that I have more energy the less I eat because the energetic actually starts to move through me from the sessions. So I, my, my gut, my, you know, the rest of my organs are happy to have energy moving through more freely and not having to actually process it from food. And that's a whole other podcast that we can talk about my philosophies on spirituality and being in a primal state of eating um and <laughs> in atlantis and lemuria <laughs> and all of that um and why these systems have um accompanying dietary recommendations let's put it that way um because right. it's it's not a part of the system it doesn't say it anywhere as far as i've heard yeah, it's not it's not written anywhere. Not. I, again, I think this is everybody's kind of own experience. Yeah. And there's there's a difference between the primal energy and the stuff that you're going to be moving through if it is more like what we were talking about with um uh ecstatic dance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like there's a lot more of like that grounded like toes, feet slamming on the ground like that you're literally drawing energy down. Right. Like that's a completely different thing and it's a completely different energetic. Have you ever heard anybody you know? do the the seed sounds backwards like the om hum yum rum vum lum because it feels very weird to even say it in my mind and say it out loud now it's like oh that's (laughs) i haven't done it much i have definitely done it with clients before who are trying to ground Mm. um when i've worked with uh it's it's odd it's usually water signs but i feel like a lot of the times when there is the emotion gets, it overflows and then it goes up yeah. as opposed to being able to kind of draw it down and do something like grounded with it. Um, being able to do that and go in reverse is actually kind of helpful. And it's this, it's really interesting. Again, you're talking about like as above, so below, as above, so below the alphabet for uh, the, the Sanskrit alphabet, as it coincides on the, the uh, petals of the Lotus, when you start at root and go up, you're actually doing the alphabet backwards. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you when we move up, we start at Ksa, I believe. Actually, it's uh Shaha, I think it's the last word on the alphabet. So and then we move up to Ah or Om, mm-hmm. right? Because we're getting up to the throat chakra. And that's again, you're putting substance to uh you're putting substance to the um the alphabet as it as it grounds down into earth, as it grounds down into something okay. more solid. So it's like alpha so, and omega. Yeah. Yeah. So you're starting with, uh, with, uh, and you're ending with, I want to say it's Sha, Shaha and Sa. I think Sa is the last, uh, letter in the, uh, on Muladhara. And again, that's right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's closed down completely. It's not, mm, it's not the Bindu. It's not like closure, but it's the, it's the last thing of sound where, where um, something is connecting. The mm-hmm. sound is coming through a connection, right? right. So, yeah, this is, this is all, 
much deeper than us going into it at 1108 <laughs> on a Sunday night. But <laughs> needless to say, I'm a huge fan and I'm very grateful that you uh, that you want to do this and that there are pe- I'm hoping that there are people out there listening to this. This is I would have well, killed or, or ha- happily died <laughs> for a podcast that had this kind of information five years ago. Right. I think that's always been my favorite to listen to and so I sincerely hope that that's what people are finding is I would find the podcast that I was like oh that's exactly what I'm working on right now and um, all the people's podcasts that I listened to all said you know I couldn't find a podcast that talked about it so I started one <laughs> right and that's that's what we're doing here there are I haven't found one yet um, that for me blends the east and the west this way um, and we can talk a little bit more West next week just to kind of balance that out because this was almost entirely the Hindu basis of like the basis of Hindu religion, essentially, is the language <laughs> of Sanskrit. Um, but at the same time, yoga is a super Western phenomenon right now, and mm-hmm. it has um, greatly morphed and changed and some would say evolved. Um, I think it's just, again, remembering its roots. There's a really cool um, moment in Graham Hancock's book, Underworld, where he's talking about this tiny little figure that was found. And it's um, very obviously to anybody who's worked with Shiva, Shiva. (laughs) And so he's just like describing its features. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's Shiva in a yoga pose. And then he says Mm -hmm. the date. And it's like basically pre-ice age (laughs) it's one of the (laughs) oldest like paleolithic finds in india and it's someone in a very advanced yogic posture like you would break your ankles if you didn't know how to do this correctly and he's got wild dreadlocks and a snake around him and a loincloth but also like a very erect phallus and he's shiva he's rudra incarnate and it's a statue that came from a part of India near the mountains that like they didn't even think people were doing anything more than hunting and gathering. And obviously they had a lot more going on if they were carving these people doing yogic postures. Right. And the, the Vedas themselves are said to have come from the seven sages who escaped the deluge, like the great world flood that every culture talks about, which means that they were bringing their knowledge from something earlier so this is this is like ancient stuff that we're tapping into we're, we're not just learning it we're not just making it up we're literally trying to remember something that was lost a long time ago and that was barely passed down to us through the ages and thank god it was thank god that somebody had the the wherewithal to write it down <laughs> yeah I mean, and thank goodness that we resonate with it, yeah. you know, because again, like you said, there's, there's all of these different ways and philosophies that are kind of out there. The fact that, uh, that this resonates so strongly with both of us. And it's like, it, I'm again, like I said, I'm not a, I'm definitely not a mantra scientist. I, I, uh, I love what, what the stuff does. I want to say for me, but in me, like how it makes me feel, you know, I have never been drawn to anything the way that I have. And through uh, you, and, like the amount right. of people that even still here in town, 
um, where I am, which is Phoenix, are like, oh my gosh, I haven't found a massage like Jeremy's because he chanted. Yeah, I had a uh, I had a client the other day who is a massage therapist. I get I get uh, people who say, and don't get me wrong, if it's always flattering whenever anyone gives me compliments about my <laughs> sessions. But I've I have people who I who are not uh, massage therapists who say that is hands down one of the best massages I've ever had in my life. That's mm-hmm. the best massage I've ever had. Um, and then I had yesterday a massage therapist who said hands down one of the five top healing sessions I've had. Mm. So it's like they're being very specific as to what the experience was. So it means a lot whenever I get compliments from anybody. And it may, it just, it also just reminds me that I'm on the right path, that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So, um, this is kind of, I also kind of a button on what it is that we were just talking about. I was opening up, um, Kali Kala, a manual of tantric magic by Jan Fries. And I landed on a page that in in uh, italicized or in bold, it says meat. It says meat is classed according to origin, beasts of the earth, the waters and the sky. But no matter who killed the animal or who brought it, it is pleasing to the gods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like staring up at my beautiful portrait of Kali from India as you're saying that. <laughs> so if the gods are happy, that is, oh my that gosh. is great. And yeah, I, maybe that will be the next one it would be one of the next few that we do for sure because that's going to stay on my mind of um like veganism vegetarianism omnivorism being paleo being keto being a carnivore like the gamut and right what i've learned and why and maybe eventually we can have my beautiful teacher as a um, guest with us on the podcast. I mean, it's so weird to think about people being guests. Um, but I would love to interview her if she's willing to talk about the spiritual side of it because she doesn't really open up a lot about that. And I think it's um, mm-hmm. to try and maintain credibility in a world where um, a lot of the things that you and I talk about, Jeremy, are um, openly laughed at. <laughs> And she's already criticized a great deal, just like Graham. I think both of them, um, who I respect so highly and have learned so much from, are frequently shunned or put down or dismissed because they present really radical points of view. And therefore, they have to stay away from things that are even more esoteric and occult and spiritual based because they're trying to make their where do you draw your line in the sand yeah they're just they're trying to make their arguments as digestible as possible to the masses because the masses are the ones who need it but the masses aren't always ready to receive it that's one of the things that we have to do as well you know it's like i i this could be that we are shining a light under the three people who have such an incredibly uh diverse interest in esoteric knowledge that, that we're pleasing three people that are listening to this podcast but i do want to it's make more it than so that. That, i know but i do want to make it so that everybody can understand it if you have an interest in it so that it's easy to understand that we're not we're not losing you right. in uh in a lot of fancy lingo or um esoteric jibba jabba so <laughs> and that's also somewhat so, fun too because i feel like if you hear us say a word and you're like what the heck are they talking what is a veda i don't know what a veda is Google it. We have the internet now. That's part of the reason that this is all coming to us again. Like 
the reason we are downloading so much information is we literally are accessing all the information once again. And you can look at these sacred texts that were written in India thousands of years ago. And before you had to go up into the Himalayas and pray that you found the right guy in the right cave who had these documents. <laughs> right. And then be, you know, be able to remember it. Yeah. Because uh, this was all oral tradition yeah. as well before somebody actually started writing it down. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, we will, I, you know, I'm going to continue to, to refine my understanding of it so that I can present it in uh, as clear a way as possible. Mm -hmm. And I'm just grateful that, uh, that this, that it exists to be completely honest. Cause like I looked, you know, I looked at my bookshelf, um, and I was just like, it's like a, a different planet, man. Like, I think I talked before about like going to the library when I was a kid and just, and finding, you know, swords and sorcery fantasy type novels when I was, you know, when it came to magic. And now I literally have a collection of books <laughs> that tell you how to connect with the divine. Right. And, you know, to, to, it's, it's beautiful. It is everything that I've always wanted um, in my life. So um, I think at some point too, I know we were, we were kind of pushing time wise. We both need to kind of hit the hay, but um at some point, just throwing out ideas as to what uh, I would like to do next is, uh, you know, we talked about freight train mantras mm -hmm. a little bit. I would like to um, to get in and break down some of the ones that you that we work with the most, like whether it's a freight train mantra, or if there's something that you have found uh, specifically that that uh, works well for you. Yeah. And um, I think I think let's um, let's say this for next week, then let's do the three freight trains of healing. Um, and okay. talk about the differences and because I think one thing that Thomas Ashley Ferran said that I really agree with is one is pulling energy up and the other one's pulling energy down. Right. Um, and then the other one is just like infusing everything with energy. And there's so many healing mantras, but these freight train ones, um, they, I think they just go above and beyond. And you can use any of the planetary mantras we did last week, and we'll touch on that again next week. You can use um, really simple mantras like what you just did earlier, Rama, 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 Shri, Rama, 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 Jai, Rama, and just like balance out your own internal energy. You can also do, um, there's like, there's a couple other ones that are there that are specific types of healing, um, but three freight trains are... The Apadamapa, which is a, a Rama mantra, the Om Trayambakam, which is a Shiva mantra, and then the Gayatri mantra, which we already said. The long form. Long yeah. form. And um, I, I am so excited to be able to offer that to people because I feel like um, those ones, once I read the words and I listened to him sing it, they just were in my head. I couldn't get them out. And it was really beautiful because now they're the ones that put me to sleep. Like right. if I have to go to sleep at night, I will do the Shiva one. Um, Cause I feel like to me, that one's pulling it down again, Kali Shiva energy. So I like to pull down the heavens into the earth. <laughs> and I, I go to sleep so much better. My dreams are so much better. They're calmer. I'm not, I used to get a lot of night terror. So healing on a whole lot of levels physical emotional energetic all of it that's saying your prayers right yeah it is me down to sleep, seriously now i lay me down to sleep i pray kali my soul to keep <laughs> keep all them <laughs> damn demons at bay 
so I can wake up for another day. (laughs) 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 College improv coming through. (laughs) You just wrote a new mantra. Look at that. See, that's bridging the, the East and the West. I think a lot of the West mantras aren't what you would expect. They're like the the gorgeous ones that Starhawk uses and Suzanne Sterling, like all comes from love, all goes back to love. Love is the law. Like so simple, so beautiful and really profound when you're chanting them at the top of your lungs around a bonfire with like a hundred other witches. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So good. Okay. Okay. I love you. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful grateful for for Sanskrit. Yeah. Um, happy Mantra Monday. Happy Mantra and Magic Monday. Mm-hmm.